I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone. All the ins and outs of awakening, right? Mm, so many more people are awakening. It's very interesting to see for me, having been focused on this for many, 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 many years, probably many lifetimes in many ways. Um, it's kind of interesting and it's kind of exciting. Uh, speaking of exciting, we have a great guest coming on at the second half of the program who I really, really, um, let's see, really like. And um, she is a dream uh, doctor, <laughs> the dream therapist, uh, dream interpreter, Kelly Sullivan Wald. And uh, some of you heard her come on the show before. Um, so she's not new to the podcast. She's been here before, and we always enjoy having her on. Uh, so we're going to be diving in with her a bit. Um, in fact, I just got her dream oracle cards for the Awakening Dreamer. Uh, which are pretty cool, and uh, something you may want to check out. Um, if you want to listen in the chat, that's great. If you want to, you know, ask questions and interact in the chat, you just need to do a BTR profile. Otherwise, you can listen by phone, which is 347-539-5122. If you want a reading or have a question or a comment, press 1 on the keypad. Okay, gang, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, get into the filling of it, the fulfilling of it, I just want to thank all of you um, that have subscribed, not only to my Soul Insights and Tarot um, channel on YouTube, but also the Awakenings podcast, because we're moving bit by bit some shows over there, uh, older podcasts that are archived, and um, then we're going to be doing a podcast there as well, a video cast. So just want to give you all a heads up. So if you would, just go and subscribe, get the notifications. Um, that would be great. And also to my YouTube channel, Soul Insights and Tarot. A lot of you already do that. I do. Many of you know I do weekly pick a card, and we're going to be doing other types of readings. I'm really extending out into multiple platforms. Some of you have heard me talk about it. I will go more in detail as we get closer to some of the other platforms to create a more of a cohesive network um, to bring other people in. That's one thing that I'm not really seeing as much in this community. Um, as much as a cohesiveness of bringing other people on board. I do that. I've even crossed, you know, gone across uh, platforms to bring people that I saw on YouTube, um, you know, onto this podcast. 
And I'd also like to get people, not just people that are considered, quote, unquote, experts or that have a higher profile, but people that are also working behind the scenes. You know, some of you knew me when I had my own TV show, Fashion and Beauty, back in the day. Um, I always liked bringing on the gems, the diamonds before they blew up, you know, or as they were blowing up. And I kind of come from that school of I love the bands, I love the DJs before they blow up. <laughs> you know, I still love them when they blow up, but it's for me really fun when you find people that are amazingly talented or insightful or aware. It doesn't matter what field, art, music, whatever the field is. Um, and then you go and you, you know, it's like sitting in your living room. And that's kind of what my vision always for this podcast was. You know, some people back in the day used to complain, oh, we hear you getting your decaf coffee, your dog's in the background, you know, and it's like, well, that's what I want. Now it's like cool to do that. People want that, you know, now. They're like, oh, Joe Rogan does that. They're drinking, they're talking, they're, they dropped a glass on the floor, they, you know, the mic fell over, and now that's cool. So I've always kind of been a bit before my time, I guess, in a way. I mean, this podcast has been on for quite a long time. And why do I love that? Because it taps into the soul. It's not like over made up. It's not over produced, over fabricated. You know, we have so much of that, especially in the mainstream media. And I hope podcasters don't get lulled into that, thinking that more produced is better. And and again, it's just like music. I have friends that are musicians, and you know, they're very very picky about. They're, you know, the speakers, the receiver, you know, they actually were like up in arms when uh, CDs came out <laughs> um, because of the quality and some of them refused, you know, to even DJ with CD, let alone digital, just through the computer. They still had to have the, you know, the, you know, the album. So I get it. I get it. You know, um, years ago I had a client of mine, a, a great, great. Um, uh, let's see, what did he say? Static. The uh, oh, he's got static in the chat. Um, years ago, a great, a uh, really great musician that happened to be a hypnotherapy client of mine. It was very interesting because a lot of times in hypnotherapy you use music and word, spoken word. And because it's been shown that the combination of music with the hypnotherapy or the or the words of affirmation or whatever the scripting that you're doing, the processes, the analytical processes, are better with a combination of, of music and the wording. And that's because it gets both the right and left hemisphere of the brain. But he was such a, a, a trained musician and had such a, you know, an acute ear that he said when he heard the music, even though it was very abstract, you know, meditation music, what you might call new age music, he could hear the notes. And he said he would start hearing the notes or seeing the notes and he'd get pulled out of the, you know, the, the, the trance and out of the, out of the session. He's like, I'm like, um, you know, picking up on the notes. Or, if they, or even though these were professional musicians, he's like, yeah, they, they missed that note. They were off key there, whatever it was. So I get it. Everybody has a different tolerance level or understanding level of what works for them. So I get it. I get it. I get it. 
Um, if you are in the chat, let me know how the the sound is. Uh, oh, Jay Clark's novelty had static. Okay, well, I don't know if that's on my end. Hopefully not. Um, again, that number to call in is 347-539-5122. If you are having trouble in the chat, um, you can definitely call in and listen as well. 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Okay, I'm having to reopen the chat. So maybe that helps. I'm re rebooting the chat. Maybe that will help. Okay, and I'm also going to put in the chat now and also in the description uh, box to this uh, podcast episode um, the workshop that's, that I'm doing that's coming up uh, this Saturday, the 21st, D- Dimensional Soul Source Sor- Healing. Say that fast three times, Dimensional Soul Source, Soul Source, Soul Star. And I'm not wild about the term healing anymore because I feel like we're going to be continuing to heal. It's just about really being in, you know, in being able to understand not only your soul signature frequency, but what what blocks it. You know, what blocks your soul signature frequency? What what block, blocks your soul expression? What wounding or trauma? You know, a lot of people and I do believe we're going to talk about this with Kelly when she comes on as well, have been two things that I've been getting feedback on, in which if you're part of my Patreon, I've been talking about it, and also in the Soul Insights and Tarot, uh, pick a card. You know, the beginning of the reading, I will do a general overview of the energies or what's going on or whatever comes through from Spirit and or the guides. And I was saying this, the beginning of this year is about starting slowly. It's a slow build. You know, we, we've had these slow builds the last few years because we've had retrogrades at the beginning of the, you know, right at the end of the year to the beginning of the year instead of like at the, be, you know, beginning of December. So it's really about intentional living. I love this phrase I've gotten. It's like it's more than just intention. It's intentional living. It's like one step above having an intention or focusing on an intention. It's really intentional at every moment. And so we're really being asked to slow down. and, And that doesn't mean you can't be busy or have a lot going on, but the pacing, the pause, you know, the other day I was driving back up to the um, to the mountains, and I wanted to get there soon because I wanted to. There was some stuff I had to do, and I wanted to see a friend of mine before they went back down the mountain. And all these cars were like turning in front of me, pulling out of a parking spot. You know, I mean, unbelievable. One place I went, they were actually closed because I forgot they closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. And it was all these, like, delays. And I paused and I tuned into my body. And that's the best thing that you can do. If you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you will if you haven't yet, um, I talked about this in one of my reels, how I just pause and feel my own energetic flow. So we're really being asked to reset and, and learn and understand how do we reset moment to moment. You know, that's why I have Michelle's Mindful Moments that I post on um, Instagram. On Mondays I post the soul insights for the week and Wednesday 
just started doing the Michelle's the mindful moments. And I found since I've been doing this for I don't know how many few years now, these mindful moments. For me, it also ties back into the first book I wrote on. Well, it's really not the first book I wrote, but that went out more broad publicly on meditation, um, meditation for everyday living, and also have companion CD that goes with it. There are shorter meditations called attunement or alignment meditation so that people can attune or align in because the meditative state is all about consciousness. It's about getting into the truth of who we are and the consciousness. That's all we are is consciousness. So what we want to be able to do is to understand that. You know, when I first started doing the the book, when I started writing the book, I asked people, well, what do you want, you know, and they said, I, we just we don't want a lot of history. We just want to know how do you, you know what? How do you meditate? What is it? And I remember I had longer meditations because I was coming out of a practice of for two years, three years, part of city yoga. I would meditate two and a half hours in the morning and two and a half hours at night, and then later that went to an hour, you know, after a couple of years, and then it went to about anywhere from a half an hour to forty five minutes, sometimes an hour. And then, you know, I would, 20 minutes would be about average. And when I tuned in with the guides, the message I got, well, that is you. The state of consciousness is you, the meditative state. So meditation is the practice. It's the discipline. It's the tool that gets us into that alignment. But with everything that's going on and how we're going to be living more and more soul-fueled and spirit-led, more and more from our soul, our soul design, our matrix of our soul, we have to understand that and learn how and understand how to align or tune into that consistently, constantly, to connect into that part of us and experience and express from that part of us, right, to live from that part of us. And that's what that's that next level of soul alignment which begins the transition you know, a lot of you may be experiencing transmissions. You may be feeling that you're tra- receiving some kind of energy, a higher vibrational frequency energy, you know, and you are. Okay, I'm going to put my doggies. You hear me in the background. I'm putting my doggies in the uh, another room as they're scampering, scampering around. So all these things that we do, whether it's dream therapy, astrology, numerology, tarot, you know, coming to this podcast, it's really about this attunement or alignment, and not just for ourselves and those around us, but those that are coming up after us. If you look at history, nothing happens in a vacuum or like a big bang. It really doesn't. On the earth plane, it's very process-driven, and cyclical, beginning, middle, end, birth, death, rebirth. And we are like that too. So it's very important right now that you find your own cycle that you're in and attune to that and that you are able to find and connect into your own internal timing and your own inner rhythm. If you're curious about cycles from a numerology standpoint, I do have a post on my Uh, Soul Playground blog 
about how to find what cycle you're in, your personal cycle, your individual cycle, not the collective cycle, which is arbitrary. The collective cycle is from, well, in the Western world, it's from January to January, January 1st to January 1st. But for some people, it's in February. You know, the Celtic New Year is in October. Then you have Yom Kippur, you know. So what is not arbitrary is your birth date. And so that is the best way to look at the cycle that you're in. And if you don't know that, some people don't know that, you can get a chart reconstructed to, to figure out what's closest to that by events that have happened in your life. Sure, collective cycles affect us. The cosmos affect us. You know, as above, as so below, as within, as without. What's happening in the outer world affects us. However, affects us less adversely if we are aligned to our own internal timing and inner rhythm. Let's get to some callers. Let's see what's going on. 347-539-5122. Let's see here. Hi, you're on air. Good afternoon, Michelle. This is Debbie from Puget Sound. Hey, Debbie. Hi. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for taking my call. And I've been thinking of you with the waters, waters, the great waters, visiting uh, California and hoping that... Oh, did you, um, did you visit California? Flooding. No, I'm thinking oh, no, of just the, everyone I know there and, and uh, oh, um, yeah. you know, I've lived there for 15 years, but I'm in Washington now. So um, I'm calling today um, in regards to my friend's kitty. Bailey is two and a half, and um, how Bailey's in my life is uh, my friend of 27 years um, uh, adopted her as a rescue, and Bailey claimed Jenny, but she claimed me, and so I visited um, anytime I was with Jenny working, I would pop in and visit Bailey and play with Bailey, and so Bailey... Uh, considered me her auntie in the, in the respect that, you know, as part of her everyday life. And um, so they went on their 1,500-mile drive and wow. um, to their to their new location. And Bailey did horribly and horribly. She was unresponsive for the two-and-a-half-day trip. Oh. She did not, did not eat for three – did not eat, drink, or poop for three straight days on the trip. Um, and that was in the middle of December. She's still not eating like she used to. She looks like she's dropped, um, Jenny said, probably two pounds. She is going to the new vet this week. It's taken that long to get an appointment. Um, And um, so I do what I do, and I talk to her picture. I talk to her, you know, like she's in front of me. I hold her and put my arms like I'm holding her, and reassure her, and um, you know, from a distance, thought knows no distance. So, um, is there anything? Um, um, I mean, she left a household with four other cats that weren't Denny's responsibility; they were the homeowner's responsibility. But she grew up in, you know, for a year and a half in that house, and so there was always activity. And she had her window with the birds, and she had, you know. Uh, life, and that's all she knew for, you know, and she's only two and a half, 
And when she started the trip, she was 7.8 pounds, and now she's not. And um, is there so anything they, moved. They, ha- that, they haven't co- they haven't come back, right? No, they're not coming back ever. Mm. And so you know, I know she misses me, and yeah, not ego. You know, I mean, I know this. Um, so that's yeah. why I talk to her, you know, through the ethers and. Um, Tell her she's already well, and you know I love her forever, and all these, you know, real words. And, well, see, um, it, it is it is homesickness. That's so interesting because there's a little doggy I'm taking care of that doesn't want to doesn't want to move. That's why I'm taking care of the but is going to eventually with her, I believe, and doesn't want to do the move. So sometimes they know that something is not going to be for them, you know, and they don't they don't do well. But yeah. I'm also getting there could be something internally. I don't know if it's something that she ate or parasite. I, I do feel there is something also going on. She is she around other animals? Not anymore. But in the household that oh, she, she was in, uh, she was around oh. uh, four cats and two dogs. And um, um, my friend who adopted her, she came from she came from a horrific situation and went to the best shelter here in Washington state and that's where she was adopted from so she did have all her shots and worming and all of that but the household with all those other cats i was always absolutely against and but jenny had to live there financially until she could get out so um but for her not to want to eat she is occasionally eating some of her dry food and she loves it but it's she's not pep isn't there the um having been a rescue cat and having you know been physically relocated before jenny adopted her um before you know she's been through lots and lots and lots in her very short life jenny's had her for a year and a half so um yeah and and i'm so very connected to her and i do not want to go into the crying that i was in i mean i literally mourned the separation and especially with mm-hmm. Jenny because we've been friends and working together since we lived in California and all the time up here, 20, almost 28 years now. So to not be around her, my brain is like looking for those chemicals that, you know, you get when you're with, yeah. with a friend. And um, I don't want to return to the sadness. I had two weeks of that and that was, you know, so I'm trying mm. to not focus there and focus on gratitude and happiness but that Jenny's in a better well, situation. Well, be in your grief. Don't, don't be in your, you're in both, you know, the gratitude, but there is grief, and that's, you know, you don't want to stultify that. You don't want right. to stop that either. That's a, that, that grief brings, you know, eventually not only upliftment and inspiration, but understanding. It can bring new ideas. I mean, it is an energy. It's, difficult sometimes to process it and it doesn't feel good that's for sure um mm-hmm. but it is it is showing you something you know what do you think it's showing you that ultimately this is think- jenny's cat and and you know I've come, I've come to accept that and that you know um that it's that I don't know that I'm going to ever be able to visit Bailey again, but on paper and and in our hearts, um, 
I'm the person that receives daily if something happens tragically to Jenny. And so I've got right. to get my crap together, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I don't want to ever be unprepared. So, um, but I, I sure, um, I sure do feel Bailey's sadness and, um, and, and boredom, you know, loss of, all yeah. the losses. And I know what Jenny does is that he gets overwhelmed with, um, with it and, convince herself that Bailey's doing fine and but I told her when she goes to the vet please just don't be a wallflower just spit it all out and tell her every tell every gosh darn thing you can think of that's been going on for Bailey and what she came from and and don't waste the visit get her tested have a blood panel um have her gums checked you know like really use the visit (laughs) yeah which is good you say yeah, that she I is going to do that. Yes, and I just really pray that Bailey can bounce forward. She's in a very loving household now, She's sharing a house with another person, and the person adores Bailey and is very gentle. This is the first time Bailey's had a quiet experience in her life. Um, of course, mm-hmm. she doesn't have the activity of looking out, you know, of all of, of all nature that you have up here, mm-hmm. Arizona, you don't have that many birds, and there's no bird bath and all this, and, you know. But he is going to set up some hummingbird feeders so Bailey can at least have something. And, um, and of course, she has all her toys, and um, I think eventually she'll rise up. I'm just, you know, just... Maybe I could be getting something, uh, whether it's now or coming up, but I do feel there could be, I I don't know, I do feel there's something also internally going on. Was she sick before or sickly? Um, Well, because she came from squalor before she was rescued, she used to drink out of the toilet. Okay, so there might be something there. Yeah. Okay, but she also at the house she was beforehand, she before they moved, um, she was drinking out of communal water, you know, communal. All the other cats drank out of it. All the other cats ate out of the same kibble bowl. And I kept trying to say, please, Jenny, don't let this happen. And she said, well, with two dogs and five cats, uh, there were four cats, then another adopted cat came in the picture. It, she couldn't couldn't stop it until so um Mm. Okay, because I do feel there's something there, and uh, boy, I got to tell you though, Debbie, I I feel like in a way this call is for you, but it's it's tickling something, you know, triggering, tickling in a way, bringing awareness for me. Um, acquaintance friend of mine is is doing a big move, and it was very interesting. We did a, a trade, and I, I tuned in, and then. After this, I can say this because it was—it's not confidential. Because it was after the session, we were just chatting, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing, "Take me! I don't want to go." And they named the place where they were going. I don't want to go. I don't mm-hmm. want to move. I want you to take me. And I'm like, it was the, one of their dogs, mm-hmm. a little Yorkie. And what was interesting is I really didn't bond. I, I saw the dogs here and there when I would come over to the house, but I never really—you know—they're mm-hmm. cute. But I never—and you know, Yoshi passed. You know. Right. crossed over right. two years ago 
so I'm not right. was not ready to get a, another dog. Sure. And um, I remember I was thinking, and the dog was insistent. It was coming through so strongly telepathically, mm-hmm. and then would just look at me. And I'm sitting on the sofa, going, "Do I say something? Because I don't want to throw wrench. You know, yeah. I really want to make sure." And and I thought, God, that's so strange. Why, you know, why me? And I told a mutual friend of ours, I said, look, I can say this because you know, it's not confidential, and I don't know what to do because she's a better friend. They've known each other longer. And I said, but that dog doesn't want to go, and I think it knows something bad is going to happen. It's, and now that I've been taking care of the dog, I can see it's so not suited to where this person moved mm-hmm. or is moving. So it's a few days later, I get a text would you consider watching the dogs while I go and set things up? And I was like, oh, my God, now I have to say something. Mm. And so I told her what, I, what came through, and she's like, oh, my God. And I go, yeah. And I go, I'm, it's, and it's not like I'm, like I'm like, oh, I love your dog. I wanted to say this. You know, it's like it came really out of the blue. Yes. So I wanted to make sure, and I said, well, let me just me- meditate. And so I took care, of the, took care of them. But I wanted to meditate, and I said, um, you know, before I say yes, because I was going to be traveling, let me tune in and meditate and see if this is, you know, right. The dog came to me in the astral realm, in you know, dream state, wow. in the meditation. Mm-hmm. It kept coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go. Take me. And then I was mm-hmm. seeing myself holding the dog in my house, and I'm like, okay, something's mm-hmm. going on. So I yeah. said yes. And so I watched the, uh, them, her two dogs, for – and it's only the one dog. The other dog came through a little bit, but I feel the the other dog is more – connected to um, the person, my friend, the person, yeah, yeah. the person, my acquaintance mm-hmm. friend. And mm-hmm. so I took care of them, and then the person went, came back, and then they went back to, to do more work where they're moving and to set things uh, up further. And uh-huh. so I've had the, the two dogs, and then the one, I'm just watching, and I'm seeing the dynamic. They, they both want a lot of attention, so there's a bit of sure. a, a sibling, but you know, a lot. It's very interesting. A lot of people think that dogs, like, oh, I'm going to get a second dog for them. Not all dogs. Most dogs actually do not want another dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. They want you. They want the person, right. the companion, That's right. caretaker. That's right. Yeah, they'd rather. Yeah, yeah, they'd rather have a. Yeah, they. It's kind of like, do you want to be people. in polygamy? <laughs> The what? Well, animals animals pick their people. I mean, horses pick their people. Even if yeah. even if you're not the yeah. owner of the horse, and and the owner of the horse is standing there, they really want you. It's blatant, you know. That in my life, it's in yeah. yeah, I've yeah. seen that as well. So um, I get what you're saying, and I, I I get it. It's hard because um, animal beings are very very psychic, and oh yeah. And not just telepathic, but they can see what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And I remember years and years and years ago, um, the fiancé at my this time um, that I was living with, and we were going to get married, of course, fiancé, so we were getting married, had the ring, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But then my life mm-hmm. started going in a different direction. And we had a cat. It was actually my cat, a very aware, awake cat. And he was so mm-hmm. devastated by the breakup and by and really had a connection also to this cat mm-hmm. that he made, he asked me to to keep the cat you know can I t- and I wow. was really hard pr- oh it was hard I was one of the hardest oh. things I ever did oh no I let him yeah I ca- I let him um, and then at the end of her life 
like 17 years later, I got her back. And okay. Yeah, I feel that she was there to really heal, help him heal and become empowered mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she had done with me. And was this in Antonita? Uh, before, actually, in Sherman Oaks, but I had okay. moved back to there, yeah. Because um, well, I might have known that cat. That's why I'm saying. Oh, no, wondered. that was a different one. That was a different was one. A different that one. Was, yeah, okay. she, yeah, that was very, yeah, okay. she came up. Um, but, yeah, so I get it. It's, you know, it's hard to well, know the like, boundary of what to say. Yeah, it's hard to know what to what to say or what to do. Um, you know, these are tough choices, and I so I can empathize with you that what you're picking up, um, you know, and sometimes people have, this is why I didn't get a, a dog right away. A lot of people, oh, you should do get a dog right away, and I'm like, no. well, that, to me, that's very codependent. Yeah, yes. you have to wait. It's it's like it's like being you in do. a relationship, and you break, somebody mm-hmm. breaks up, or you get a divorce, or somebody dies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and especially I agree with you with animal beings. They call you. It's something very special, or can be. For mm-hmm. some people, it's not. It's just that they they like animals and they just have a bunch of them, and you know that's it. Which that's yeah. fine too. That's you have. I guess you have to know yourself and you have to know your path, and and that's going to determine the relationship that you have with, you know, the animal beings. I guess. Right, right, right. I mean, and I I took care of Jenny's cats when we both lived in California. So, I mean, knowing her for almost 28 years, you know, this has been an evolution. It's just that after all of the original cats all passed, um, she took a long time before she had a cat. But um, um, this was a this was an experience where Bailey claimed Jenny before Bailey was named Bailey. Uh, Jenny named mm. her Bailey, but um, this cat was uh, staying at the house as a foster cat, and she and Jenny just couldn't let her go, you know, back to the shelter. It was so um, overt that this was the cat that was asking Jenny to keep her. And that hasn't happened mm. for a long time. So um, mm. I, I told Jenny when she adopted her, I said, this is the cat that represents all of the cats that I know you've had for you to get it right this time and give it your all. And it will just uplift your heart and you will live from your soul and, your, and you'll be heart directed and this is the re- this cat is bringing that attention to you and that's what I told her whether it's true or not I felt it was in the moment I said it and um, Daly, well I'm sure it Daly's was Daly's a very Email. very very available uh, cat she's very available for a relationship and she's very um, demonstrative but all of that faded in this um, mm-hmm. the trauma from the move. And Jenny said in the drive that she's mad. And I said, no, she's in shock. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and it's I just said, like anything. You know, it's going to take time to you know, rebalance. Yeah, and come forward. I mean, I had a, a really dear friend of mine who, who's father crossed over and shortly after and they also had to do a move and shortly after this black cat just appeared on the and i've heard numerous case stories of this kind of thing probably five or six over the years and Mm -hmm. where a cat will just show up 
A lot of times black mm-hmm. cats very interesting. Anyway, just showed up at the back door or front door at the back wow. and just stood there. And every day would do the same, do the same. And finally she let the cat in or she would feed it here and there. And then, you know, it would stay for a while and then it would leave again and then come back. And then one day it just wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, well, it, its mission was done. But it brought her so much joy. And the other thing with cats to remember, you know, people that are listening, um, and I'm, I'm, you may know this already, Debbie, is that um, even more than dogs, cats, I mean, they, dogs do it a bit, but cats specifically, one of their jobs is to transmit our energy. They literally take on our energy and or negative mm-hmm. energy specifically and have a way of transmuting it. So a lot of, this is why a lot of times cats just show up when people are going through very, very challenging or difficult or coming out of trauma or tragedy, mm-hmm. cats mm-hmm. will appear, show either whether in the dream state or mm-hmm. literally will just show up. You'll just wow. see a little, you know, a cat around. And, you know, if you think about it, everything and everyone is interconnected. So that is, a, is an mm-hmm. aspect of us instinctually mm-hmm. that can come through. And because of their independence, they also give off this buoyant energy of resilience, of bouncing back. That's one of the messages that cats bring mm. is the ability to self-soothe and the ability to, you know, bounce back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Debbie, thank you for calling in. And I just please keep us posted, keep me posted. And I do feel there is a missing, the grief, definitely the shock, and, and that's part of grief. Um being pulled out, but also I do feel there could be something internally. And it, 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 okay. it's the first thing that I heard was some kind of parasite. Okay. It was something that ingested, so the, the, perhaps the, even the water or something. Yes, and, sure. um And because this little cat, it, it has a weakened immune system. So you telling me how it, the connection came about and where the cat came from. And that may be also why it's more in shock is because, you know, we process so much through the gut, through the stomach, what we can stomach and digest, and, you know, our, our gut knowing, and even that's for animal beings. So it may be a lot, and, and the confusion may have weakened the immune system. So anything that bolsters the immune system, I think, would be really, really good. Okay, great. Even like a Thank little chlorella so or something. You're welcome. Thank, All right, big hug. Thank you very, very much. Big hugs to you. Thank you, Michelle. Bye. 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 Hi, you're on air. Hello. Hi, you're on air. Oops. Here we go. Hello. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Hi you're on air. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Welcome. Thank you. One L or two. Talk. What are you? Okay. One. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, I just thought the end of your thing with the cat, that was really interesting. Are you taking any kind of questions or? Oh, yeah, definitely am. Definitely am. Yeah. Um, do you ahead. see anything for um, finding love relationship for me? What's going on? Love. Mm. 
I'm getting something with spring, and I'm also getting like to clear your energy field, clear what's happened. Open. It feels like it's gonna something's gonna happen. Fresh air. The doors are open. The windows are open. I do see like a very grassy area near you with a feels like a meadow or something. It could be a park or something. Um, so you're going. You're coming out of some kind of maybe a little gloom, doom held back. You know, you're reconnecting with a part of yourself um, that's very vibrant and fresh. And has more attraction, you know, and I don't necessarily mean it, it will affect you outer attraction where you feel more attractive and others see you as, you know, attractive, but it's your ability to draw in or attract. So are, are you coming out of something? Well, I mean, it's been a lot of things, I think, you know, first thing was my mom passed away, but it's been like three years now, but that was a long, hard process, and then... Right, and then I was in a car accident. Then I got COVID. Then it's just been like one thing after another. Oh, okay. <laughs> and your mom was but, sick, you said. Yeah. Okay, so you really haven't been thinking. It seems like of yourself very much, right? Well, I feel like I've been now for like a while. I mean. Well, no. With all that stuff you're telling me, you don't really have. Well, you didn't there, really have time. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That. Yeah, because it yeah, shows you're com- yeah, yeah, you're coming out of something. So I do feel you will meet. So it feels like not quite yet. Are you are you getting are you starting to get out more or go out more? Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, I joined this saving service thing, and I like kind of look online, but okay, I don't know. Nothing's happening. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so that, okay, I do see it's going to have, it has to do with this getting out more, going out, getting out. So it could be online, it could be online groups, workshops, uh, mm-hmm. it could be, but it's also in person. So even just getting out and about, there's something about clearing your energy. Again, I'm going to go back to that. Sometimes when we go through a lot of heavy stuff, we get a bit heavy mm-hmm. and weighed down, and, and our energy isn't as clearly emitting, you know, yeah, through us. I understand. Isn't it clear? You, you understand what I'm saying? So even mm-hmm. go, go to a park, go to a museum, go where there's art, art, music, beauty, nature, flower shop, get flowers, I go. I keep Italy. <laughs> Italy? Perfect. Okay. I went there by myself, and I, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll meet someone, but I didn't, but. But yeah, your pattern, your time. energy pattern. Give me your month and day of birth. I feel like your ener- the pattern is not really ready to shift and probably until, uh, yeah, March. Yeah, okay. and it may be more friends and doing more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's something about a, well, I see two things. I see some paintings that are landscape and, and floral. You know, there's some, mm-hmm. so you may be going to a gallery or a museum, something. There's something with that. Or it could be a little, oh, you paint. Oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. Have you, okay, are you painting now? Um, Right now I've been painting my son's dog, but, you know, I go through, I do, I, I paint everything and just, you know, like for a while I paint this and for a while I paint this, but I've done everything, portraits, landscapes. And that's what I, okay, that's what it is. Jewelry, and I'm like, why do I keep seeing these paintings with flowers? Okay, and yeah. I keep seeing meadow. Okay, 
get out and about when the weather is nice and yeah, go paint your flowers, <laughs> go paint your – okay, then that's when I feel the energy shifts. Whenever you're doing that, and I, I kind of feel more March, April, you might even be in like a painting class or painting group this park yeah. that I see where there's a bunch of flowers. Now, I don't know if it's like wildflowers or it's landscape, like, but it's big. There's a lot of mm-hmm. flowers. It's not like a little, it's not like somebody's backyard. That's when I see your energy shift. And I feel okay. soon, you know, after that, that there's somebody coming in. But that's your message, that the painting seems to open you up and getting out and going and painting, you know, especially in this park that I keep seeing. Um, Is it in Italy? Yeah, art. Because I just saw another class in Italy that I was thinking, oh, I should sign up for it. Wherever and I feel it like is, maybe it was March in April there, or something. Okay, then maybe that's it then. Maybe you, maybe you either meet somebody there or when you soon when you come back. But that really seems to open your energy – your energy for, or the way for you to connect and attract is through your art. Okay. When you're doing your art, there's a lot that opens up for you. And for right? some reason, so, I like, sometimes I just don't, like I'll go in spurts. I'll do it, then I don't do it, then I do it, then I don't do that's it. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But I would say you're probably going to get in a spurt of doing it more because there's a lot that's coming in through your creativity. There's a sense of expansion in the way that you express. I feel you're going to get more into the artistic side, which you did a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You're coming out of something. A lot of times when you're caretaking someone, we're doing the best we can, but we forget about ourselves. You know, maybe we don't do our hair or makeup or whatever, or we just wear sweats instead of something else. And all of that communicates to the universe. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm going within and, you know, my, it's pulling the energy in to nurture and take care of. So one of the most healing things people can do during that time is actually reach out is actually make an effort to do something more for themselves and that's the hardest thing i mean i work with a lot of caretakers so mm-hmm. uh, it's a part of my hypnotherapy and also the bereavement counseling and that's usually the thing i have to remind people and people will say well i got out i did go out or I, I go to the store i had to do this i had to do that and i go well that's not really nurturing stuff that's not really yeah. for you so that's what i feel you're getting you're moving past that having to the caretake and, you know, take care of. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of an energy shift that's happening for you right now, Michelle, that's bringing you out energetically, again, where you're willing to, uh, you know, attract or or draw in something or someone. And this attraction could be anything. It could be friends. It could be more income. It could be more opportunities. It could be just feeling better, more fulfilled. It could be like a recharge Mm -hmm. or readjustment that can also bring in those divine partnerships, you know, soulmates, soul playmates. I feel like I've been waiting so so long, (laughs) you know. I know, but you've been doing, I know, but again, to attract things in, we have to have a connection to our attraction energy, the magnet. We have to actually spend, yeah, we actually have to spend more time. So you're starting to do that. Like I said, you're mm-hmm. and you've confirmed you're coming out of something. 
So it's just going yeah, to take a like little bit Italy to get that. Was, was huge for me. That was like the first yeah, time I see. ever did anything like that for myself. So. Yeah. So you're on the right track. You're definitely on the right track, and it's going to, you know, that person is going to be coming in. Um, get in your, you know, like I said, attractor, the, the attraction energy to be in that ability to draw in more of what you need and want, you know. I'm supposed to go on a date Saturday through this. There you go. Group so just it's through just well, that's what I said. Groups. Yes, that's but yes, that's what I had said earlier about you know groups or community, whether online or in mm-hmm. person. Anything like that right now is going to be really good for you because it's also going to have you not feel as um, kind of out, you I know, like. It. Uh, well, isolated out there on your own, but having to make something happen. Because right now I feel it's more, and I think I said friends, you know, also, that yeah. it's groups of people. So, all right, keep us posted. And, um, I will. Thank yeah, you I'm so glad much. you're getting out and about more. You're welcome. I really Bye. appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, gang, waiting for... Kelly, I hope Kelly, if you are on air, if you would press one on the keypad if your phone, I'm not seeing the number that I have. I have a three two three eight nine three. So if there's a different number for you. Um let's see. Who is this? Hi, you're on air. Hi, it's Kelly. I'm calling from Hi, the landline. <laughs> oh yeah, next time. Yeah. Hi. That's why I was like, I, I felt your energy, and I'm like, I think she's here, but I don't see the same the same number. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah, oh, it's a better connection God. right now because of the storm and everything. The my cell phone is not working so great, so I'm glad I have this backup. Okay, well, I did mention to you at the top of the podcast, um, but I want to let we have people that have just uh, joined us, and then I'll be also listening later. Uh, so everyone, for this part of the podcast, our Awakening Dialogue, we have Kelly Sullivan Walden with us, um, also known as the Dream Doctor. And uh, many of you know her from her amazing book. She's been on this podcast before. She's a welcome, welcome guest that people love um, hearing from. Uh, also has a book out now, which we're going to dive into a bit, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, Turning Tragic into Magic. Boy, do we need that, Kelly, right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It, wow. It's so true. Yeah. We're not, I mean, there's, I love the notion that we can that we can look at everything from the lens of, whoa, this is awful, or wow, this is my opportunity. And the, I think the goal is to be able to shorten the gap between the moment of the crisis and the tragic situation and the moment of our awakening, to borrow a phrase from my friend Michelle. <laughs> I mean, often, uh, often the awakening comes. If it comes, it's in hindsight, sometimes years, decades later. And yeah. my goal is to is to shorten that gap, to quicken it so that – even while, like even in the midst of a storm, which right now the sun is shining for me actually in Southern California, but in the midst of the storm where there's landslides and everything, to be able to have that little thought bubble pop up over the head and have that thought of, okay, I, I am the director of my dream and I'm always dreaming. I want to do something 
constructive and productive and positive with this. And I'm open and I'm curious for how that might happen. So that's kind of the goal. There's many goals of this mm. book, but that's the big one, I'd say. I love that. And by the way, in front of me um, is Dream Oracle Cards for the Awakening Dreamer by you, which I love, by oh, the way. Just pick those you. up. Yeah, I was in Topanga, and they, ha- Topanga and they have a ca- shout-out to Cafe Mimosa. <gasps> and I said, oh, i got to get those. Oh, to get those. I didn't yeah, know they had but you, them. Oh, that's so cool. And when are you, yeah, you ever in Topanga? you got to call me. That's where I live. Oh, I will. I will. I'll, I should probably be back, I don't know, maybe next week, let's, actually. Okay. Let's yeah, hike. let's get together. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Hike and tea. Yeah. Hike and tea. I love that. Um, yeah, they have a little, one of the little areas where you can sit, they have um, a little basket with cards, and your cards are there. And every time I go nice. in there, I'm like, I gotta pick those up. I gotta pick those up. And I really oh. like, like, yeah, I really like them. So, um, yeah, I gotta get you some of the hero's for. journey, the hero's journey dream oracle for people that like the dream oracle. They're like, oh my god, the hero's journey dream oracle is kind of, it's 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 a separate deck, but it's kind of like the dream oracle on steroids. So I gotta get you that Ooh. one. When I see you, I'll give you a copy. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, I also love. I want to. I just had to do a little side mm-hmm. note on that, but the idea that that this awakening keeps happening, and that's why the podcast yes. is awakenings, because we have many awakenings in all sectors of life. It's not just spirituality or wellness. It's finance. It's politics. It's you know, it's, it's the world. It's earth, education, right. people awakening in those fields. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about it along that lines uh, for our listeners. I think. So important what you're saying about the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Somehow, and I have even had this, especially when I was newly on the path, we have this idea that nothing, quote-unquote, wrong or, quote-unquote, bad will happen to us or tragedy. Or if it does, then we're off path. But that right. has to be, right? Like the yeah. hero's journey. It's a, So mm. how can we, we really <laughs> have to, because the next level of awakening, the true awakening, next level, is we somehow have to embrace that and see that that doesn't have any reflection on our consciousness, unless we're calling in things all the time, right? Yeah, I get that. If if we're consistently mm-hmm. making bad choices or lower level choices out of you know trauma or trauma bonding or condition response patterns, but we but for the most part, a lot of people are really living awake, aware lives or awakening more, right. you know, more, and they still beat themselves up when something happens that oh, they didn't gosh. count on, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you, this, you bring up such a great point because the the nightmares and even the, the inner nightmares that we have at night and the outer nightmares are going to happen to us even if we are living the most squeaky clean, pristine, perfect, spiritual little soldier life, no matter what. There's, um, I mean, and so we have to ask ourselves when, when something happens, we it's it's good to self reflect. It's good to say, okay, mm-hmm. what did I do, and could I might I have contributed to this? I mean, it's important to self reflect. We don't want to just say, nope, it just happens to everybody, and skip right over yeah. that. But if we honestly say to ourselves, I ha- I am doing what is in my lane to do, and I am doing the best of my ability, and then this thing happened, then we have to switch our thinking. Yeah. And 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 this is the mantra that I use. Okay, for this. I was born. 
what if this challenge has my name written on it and it's mine and there's a gift in there that is also mine. So I need to embrace that this has happened and this is mine and I'm going to wrap my arms around it and not push it away, not shoot it away, not blame it away, but I'm going to own that this is mine. And it doesn't necessarily happen in real time. It's natural to reject something that happens. Yeah. I mean, one of the stories that that I didn't write about in this book, but I will because I think about it so often, is in 1994 there was the big earthquake in, in Los Angeles. And the, my first response when the first shaking was happening was to preserve the structure, keep everything on the shelves, try to like run around mm. and keep everything from falling. But then the moment I realized there was, I had done everything I could do, it, but this was bigger than me, I had no choice but to duck and cover under the table and just hold on and pray. And that, so that it stopped being my job to fix what was external, and it started to become my job to simply align myself, myself internally with what is in my lane to do. Oh, okay, I can find my still place with God, I can pray, I can meditate, I can get into, um, I'm, and then my mantra became, um, the, what is it, do I walk through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, that, I don't know, whatever it was, it was it was something in the 23rd Psalm, it was some little piece I've in there. I've used that kept, before. Oh yeah. my God, the Lord, here, here it is, it was this strange version of it, it was, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So it's like a metaphysical interpretation of the biblical version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. And so I just stayed in that, and I found this very strange peace in the midst of that. So I think it's natural for us to, at first blush, whenever anything shakes up in our life, to run around and try to do the external thing, and that's fine. But the moment we realize, okay, nope, this has got my name on it. This is bigger than me. I need to own this. Then we duck and cover and find our own inner respite within ourselves. And and that's what we need to do in order to survive and not just add insult to injury, which mm. is what many of us do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Kelly, I just did a post on this on Instagram, one of my reels that empowered choices that sometimes – it's just to find that safe spot to connect in, you know, to mm-hmm. find our own internal rhythm, our own, uh, which I feel you said was really yes. empowering, you know, that looking within. Because if we are in alignment with our own internal timing, our inner rhythm of, okay, this thing is mine, but what part of it? You know, how can I align to what I feel is best to do, mm-hmm. not from outer circumstances or people to, but what do I feel best? Then I find things are, you know, less extreme. It somehow mitigates right. what could happen. Exactly. Um, right? Exactly. And this is where, so in my book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, I write about my ogle formula because it's it's what I use, it's what I teach my clients. When we don't know what is our part to do, what is what can I do, there's nothing... If there's nothing we can do about what's happening externally, if we've exhausted all those options, when all else fails, turn within. Ideally, if we evolve mm-hmm. and become more awakened, yeah. we would turn within first. <laughs> but once yeah. we turn within, I've got this. It's a four-step method that isn't just. It's kind of it's it's kind of a quick way to get ourselves to the to the core of to that place of power. And if there's time, I'd be happy to share about that. Oh, I'd love it. Yes, yes. So I so ogle 
is you know, it's kind of a funny word because most people think of ogling as not as the most empowering thing to do. It's kind of creepy, we, you know, to look at somebody to even kind of get off on something you're not supposed to be looking at. But I think of it in a transformational context. To ogle something is to really peer beneath the surface of it, to really look at it with x-ray eyes. One way to not transform is to not really look at it, is to just take a general view. Oh, that's horrible. That landslide's awful. That storm, that that crisis, whatever, that's all awful. I'm not even going to, like, just put it in the bad category. But to really look at it is to is to be able to find the gold eventually. So O-G-L-E stands for the process of what to do when we find ourselves in a triggered situation, whether it be a true crisis or whether it simply even just be a, a little annoyance or an upset. So either either of those extremes will work. So the O stands for identify what is offensive about what's happening. So we have permission in the O to be a little blamey and a little victimy or or a lot as long as we don't do it to the person that triggered the offense and when we do that we tend to make the what's offensive even bigger we tend to get into a tangle and add a lot more insult to injury so we want to share with a friend share with a therapist in our journal even in our own mind yeah. okay give you give yourself permission to be offended and to write about what's offensive about this once you get that out of your system and you've truly acknowledged that, then you get to graduate up the ladder to the G. The G is, okay, now let's put on our big girl panties and look for what's good about this or what could be good about this or what might be good. For example, in that earthquake situation that I was sharing about, I was what was good was ultimately, I didn't know this at the time, but neighbors that I had never met before, that we had always been sort of aloof. I mean, I lived in Hollywood, for God's sakes. Everybody's too cool for everybody. But because of the earthquake, everybody bonded. Everybody became such such quick friends. Like we were all in it together. All the egos, all the resumes were out the window, and it was just soul to soul, human to human. And what was also good was that what truly mattered in my world was okay, my family was was okay. And what was also good was I made a list in my mind of if I survive this, if I don't die, this is the short list of people I need to make amends to and I also need to mm. forgive. And these are the things I'm going to do. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more present. And I'm going to write that damn book. <laughs> if I don't mm-hmm. die, these are the things I'm going to do. Yeah, right. so, so that was what was good. And then moving to the L, to the L, this is where it gets a little tricky, and this is where it takes kind of a dream lens to be able to to do the L. The L is for looking glass. So think about Alice in Wonderland and the looking glass. In the looking glass, everyone and everything is an aspect of ourselves. So just like in a nightmare, in a dream, Carl Jung, the late great father of psychotherapy, said the best way to interpret a dream is to interpret everyone and everything as an aspect of ourselves. And guess what? We can do that in our waking lives too. So how am I the earthquake? How did I shake my life up to get my attention, to rattle me out of my stupor, out of my complacency, out of my just kind of surfacing throughout my life? How is it me that shook up the ground beneath me to get my attention? So th- mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's empowering to see ourselves as, as the instigator. I have a story in my book about a thief that stole my purse that, uh, that contained my laptop and my ID and my money and my phone and my passport. But how was I the thief 
that has stolen precious moments from me because I was distracted by overly being in social media, or that kind of thing. So where am I mm. that same, even just to a tiny degree, even if it's just a speck, that little speck actually begins the alchemy process and accelerates it so that we can move to the E. The E is now that I'm aware of all these things, what's offensive, what's good about it, and what's in the looking glass, in the E is how can I elevate my situation, even if it's just in one tiny step. So for me, in that earthquake, once the dust settled, I did make those amends that I made that mental list about. I did begin the process of forgiving the people that were on that list of people I needed to forgive. I did start writing that damn book. I did go out and I met my neighbors and had these really quality encounters. So I did a tiny action step that was in my lane. And just in that, because there's always something we can do. And the quicker we get to that, then we switch gears out of victim mode and we step into the mode of becoming victorious over our circumstances. So that's the Ogle formula. I like that formula. And I like that it's processed because I do feel, you know, the emotional aspect, the mental aspect, we do have to process and I call it my kvetchy. I, I'll kvetch yes. a little. I'll say, that, you're right, I let myself go there. Whether by myself, and I'll, I'll, yes. I'll, and then I do my tool. Yes, and I'll go, oh, da, 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 da you know, inside. Oh. And, but you're right, not to the other person because it's, it's our stuff to process. Exactly. You know? To my, my, right? my, one of my best friends, Joey, we have a, an agreement with each other that we can leave these voice memos as long as they need to be. And sometimes they're 45 minutes long, but we call it pearls to pearls. Because we have permission Ooh. to just say, ah, yeah. this sucks, this hurts, this scares me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Blame, blame, blame. Victim, victim, yeah. victim. Huh. And then, okay. All right, now where's the pearl? But you can't get to the pearl before you, you get out the hurl. That, sorry, that's really gross. But there's always a pearl there. And we don't want to miss yeah. it. We don't want to just end it with the vent. We want to, okay, now that I got that out of my, I'm grateful that I even have breath in my lungs. I'm grateful that I can even speak. I'm grateful for technology that lets me leave this download. I'm grateful that I have a value mm-hmm. system on the other side, that I, I no longer do that kind of behavior that would hurt my feelings. I, the, and one of the things that we can always find that's good in a really bad situation, let's take my purse being stolen, for example. One good thing about that is that it reflects our inner value system. It wouldn't offend us if it was something that we did. Like, for example, I don't go around stealing other people's purses. Even if somebody dropped their purse in front of me at the grocery store and left it, I would say, excuse me, ma'am, is this your purse? I would... Give, I would run out of my way to give them their purse because that's my value. And that's why it was offensive to me that somebody would steal my purse. So that's one little thing I can, ah, I can feel a little good about myself that I, I, when I was younger, and this is one thing I write about in my book, when I was young in junior high school, I was a little kleptomaniac. And I wasn't stealing other people's things, but I was stealing from the store from like, ooh, I need that Mm. makeup. I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it. Nobody's going to care. So it's like, ooh, I no longer, but there was a part of me that did do that. I have to recognize that I Mm -hmm. was capable of doing that same thing. In fact, everything that any human has ever done, and I'm talking about from the most altruistic to the most atrocious, there's there's a mosaic of all humanity that lives in all of us. 
So I am the mm-hmm. sinner and I'm also the saint. And the moment I recognize that, then the moment that's the moment I stop feeling so scared or so angry or so blamey about anyone else. It's like, oh, if I walk 20 miles in those moccasins, I might do the same thing. I hope I wouldn't do the same thing, but I am capable of doing that. And it sounds like the worst thing that we could ever believe about ourselves, but it's so strange that that's the moment we start to truly enter alchemy. Yeah. Only way, right? You have it's the to only embrace way. those. Yeah. That, yes. yeah. It's, it's the only way. Yeah, yeah. Until we <laughs> embrace those person. parts, right? And what's interesting is embracing yeah. those parts that are uncomfortable or we'd rather not admit to or say. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they lessen in the whammy of what we draw in. You know, they don't become yes. Calcified, so to speak, right? Yes, yeah. I would say one of the one of the stories that most people are sharing with me that has been the most impactful in my book is a story called the Burning Bougainvillea, and it's a story. Do I have time? Do I have like a minute to? Yeah, because I love Bougainvillea, by the way. Oh my God! This okay? Yes, me too. It's now my favorite. Everyone sees Bougainvillea and they 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 share it with me because it's so important. <laughs> but the nutshell of this story was, I was doing everything right. I was about twenty seven, twenty six years old, and I had come out of the worst time in my life where I was doing everything wrong. Where I would I had spent a year in Hollywood as a stripper. It was it was the worst. I was it was my worst self on display doing everything that I was so ashamed of. But then I started to clean up my act, got into therapy, started learning about shamanism, started to pray, started to become a hypnotherapist, started to do all the good things. And yet I was being chased. I was I was jogging around the park, exercising, which I thought this is a really good thing. And there's these men in a car that are chasing after me as I'm jogging. And I, the, I fasten, I, I quicken my pace, and here they are chasing after me. They follow me into the park, and I'm so, not only am I terrified of these men, but I'm also so angry at God. Ooh, I'm hearing some interesting voice back there. Is that just me? Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, I heard something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Somebody's listening in on a party line. Maybe it was those men who chased me in the park. Party line, exactly. But so I got really angry at God because I was saying I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do and still these bad things keep happening to me. I don't know if I want to live here this on this planet anymore. If you want to keep me here, you better give me a miracle and I need it now. And that was I laid down that gauntlet to God. And I turn around and there is this what seemed like a burning bougainvillea. I'd never oh. seen a color so vibrant. It was fuchsia, magenta, and it was like it was dancing for me, and it took my breath away. It enveloped me, and I, wow. in that moment, there was something so surreal about it because in that moment, I stopped being afraid of the men. In fact, in the back of my mind, I thought, oh, just let them find me. I will show them. Like They should be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. don't even mess with me right now, dudes. You don't know. What like I'm on the edge here. <laughs> run, right, run, right. don't walk <laughs> from me. And I, but I fell into this this reprieve and this bougainvillea. I felt was, and I grew up in the city. I was not a nature girl at that at that point. So I never really got the value of the beauty of nature and the power of it until this moment. But it spoke to me. It was healing my heart. It was. 
it was giving me something that nothing in this world could give me. It was calming me down and giving me hope. And I and it st- the the park started to get dark, and I knew it would really be safe if I didn't leave right then. So right. I I I pulled off a piece of like a sprig of the bougainvillea because I wanted a memory of this moment. I wanted to keep that feeling of serenity with me and I started jogging home and then I stopped in my tracks with this voice that came over me and said Kelly you're just like them you're just like those men they they were feeling empty you were you were both feeling empty they were reaching out to try to grab you because they saw something that gave that was that was bright and shiny and they wanted you and they wanted to grab a piece of you and you felt you were the same with that bougainvillea you were feeling empty, and in its presence you felt more light, and you grabbed a piece of it. You didn't ask permission. You just took it, and you are the same. And in that moment, I felt so many things. First, repulsion. First, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I would never do that. But, oh, my God, I am. It was exactly the same thing. And I suddenly stopped being afraid because I saw the part of me that was them. They stopped in that moment being other and strangely mm-hmm. became brother. And mm-hmm. it's a very strange phenomenon that I, knock on wood, but it's been 30 years since then, almost 30 years since then, and I have not had an encounter like that since. And it was something that happened to me at least on a weekly basis back then, and it no longer, and now I'm older, granted. Men don't often chase 54-year-old women into the park, but but. Still, it's like I. It's well, like the, they do the sometimes. Sometimes they do. You hear exactly. these stories, yeah. Well, it <laughs> exactly. just sounds like you shifted. You know the the yeah. the the octave, and you yeah. know, to me also, what you're saying, I, and I kind of look at this a lot that we have these lower, mid, or higher octaves, and we're mm. all playing that out, whether we grab for light in a candle or bougainvillea or. Mm-hmm. someone's attaching to someone or yes like a, a vampire car. even like a yeah. vampire yeah or i just yeah. even had a flight like someone someone's stealing someone's car because i want that i yes. need that yes and i don't have that i need right? it. I'm empty give it to me yeah right yes yeah. and it's like the the big message and i think this next level the soul alignment part of awakening is that as more people awaken to the fact that they have this within them yes it's not the shiny obstacle you know, object outside them. Yes. I mean, it sounds like even in your transformational and transmutatable process of shifting your energy, because it's all the same, um, you know, you'll appreciate this. I remember years ago yes. doing uh, in a metaphysical class, uh, one of my teachers was talking. It was interesting that, that he, and if you think about this, healing energy, yeah. you know, Reiki, pranic healing, mm. massage, they're all in the same um, spectrum as yes. um, sex workers. <laughs> mm. It's Ooh. all kundalini, right? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, all damn. kundalini, or even the stripper, or even they were talking yeah. about the hairdresser works with the crown chakra. Yeah. So a lot of yes. times we're 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 grasping to find that kind of interconnection and that expression, but it may just be a lower harmonic. Um, and by the way, nice. back in the yeah. night, I had I had five or six clients. They all entered, they started with one client, and then you know they referred, and they were um, 
strippers, and they made a lot of money um, in oh, San Diego. Yeah. And a couple of them were sex workers. Some of them mm-hmm. were going to school. The other ones went and um, literally got massage training and then Reiki and started doing energy mm-hmm. work. One ended up going to acupuncture school. Yeah. And it's all vibration. It's all energy mm-hmm. and vibration. It's but, so true. Right? But because of their circumstances Ugh. and what they had, they were on the lower harmonic, but they moved themselves up into oh the mid and the higher harmonic. But they Ooh. were still... I got goosebumps, Kelly. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> this is... I mean, like, oh, when I... There's, right? um, I I learned that the word whore used to be... It was it was Old English for whore. It was pronounced. And that oh. meant healer. It was healer. And the sacred wow. prostitutes from way back when, when men would come back from war, for example, they were required to have a night with a whore so that they could be socialized and, and able to be brought back into society. So it was acceptable wow. to spend a night. Yeah, I'm covered in chills. Wow. But it, because it was so bastardized and those women were thought then to be witches, and so it became this, it didn't start off being a low-level, a low-octave thing, but, but it became that. And then, I mean, and I can attest for myself, there were moments during that year, and I was 21 years old during that one year, there were there were very high octave moments in that place and i would say most of the moments i was there were dense and not high vibe for sure like yeah. very low vibe i wasn't coming from my best self but there were moments in fact there's another book i'm writing actually about that one year it's called stripped and and it's and really Ooh. i started writing i wrote this book actually i've not told anybody this so here michelle you're getting the deeper behind okay. the scenes but I wrote Stripped, so it's actually out there. My agent's pitching it, and I'm terrified oh, of wow. that coming out in the world <gasps> because talk about being naked. But there yeah. was, the reason I wrote it was because one moment during that very dark time in my life, I mean, it was I was suicidal at the end of that year. It was that dark, but there was this one moment in time where I all of a sudden had this awakening where the place I was in, it stopped being this tawdry, cheesy place, and it became, there was a glow around all the men, and I felt Aww. like I wasn't just Aww. moving just to dance and do the regular old bump and grind, but there was something else that was moving my body, and literally, I felt like I was connected with everyone, and they were connected with me, and we were all in love, and when the song mm. ended, and it was a ballad, it was actually just a song purple rain i hope i don't get sued by prince's family but it was like (laughs) it was it was a song i never would have played it was always like fast energy songs but this song was like it was as if the cracks in all of our hearts all melded together and literally there was a standing ovation i had never made more money on any one song ever but i know it was it was because there was something spiritual that was happening there was something that was like it's like we we were outside of time we were in that sacred sacred temple in in an in an olden place before there was this stigma of women that do this kind of thing and men that go to see women that do this kind of thing it's like we were transcended but then of course the moment the song was over all the the fairy lights kind of went away and we were back to where we were mm-hmm. but it was but it was a moment that I will never forget and that's why I started writing 
that book, which led to me writing this book that's more contemporary. It's not just about that year, but it's about all the other kind of crises that, that happened um, in addition to that. Yeah, you really took that. I mean, it's the alchemical energy that you had, the having that moment, which I think everyone yeah. on this earth plane, on some level we strive for, whether it's, you know, in a pathological adversarial way or, yeah. you know, an aware way, enlightened. It doesn't matter. Everyone on the spectrum is connecting into that. So what a gift. Oh and then taking God. that energy, right? Because that is a, yeah. the tantra, the tantrika, the, the yes. prana, life force, the kundalini. Yes. I mean, that is the masterful yes. of the energy. Exactly. And maybe I think we, as we're, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, maybe as you're speaking this, it's really about awakening to that exactly. energy within all of us, right? Exactly. I was just, you and I are right on the same wavelength. The The goal is to live that way, is to have, and this is one of the things I wrote, after, you know, kind of in hindsight about that story. It's like that cheesy strip, strip club was transcended mm-hmm. and it was turned into a church. And I realized yeah. that it had been there the whole time. That church was all, like everything. And I realized everywhere I go is a church. Every grocery store, yeah. every doctor's office, every every place. And it's always, we're always in church. And there's all this, because in, uh, the real definition of church is the place where the sacred is present. We go to pray. We go to wake up. And every place is a church in disguise. It's just our outer eyes that get that get kind of hypnotized into seeing what we see a lower vibration, but that higher vibration, even in the worst things, even in is difficulties, there. even when we are in the mud, mm-hmm. even when our purse is stolen, even if we're jogging through a park and somebody's chasing us and we think they want to rape or kill us, even in those moments, there's an awakening possibility that we can align ourselves to. And it, and it will I think there's the fear for some of us, if, even if we know this, well, if I step into that high vibe, I might not survive. I need to stay mm-hmm. in my low vibe in order to punch those guys in the face, in order to, in order to survive. Mm-hmm. But the truth is the low vibe keeps that more low vibe happening. The moment we like jump up to that higher level, then everything else matches our vibration. And, that, and we, so it does serve us to step it it serves our survival not just our thriving but our surviving to step up into that more awakening place and we just practice it one one michelle podcast after the next one awakening podcast <laughs> after the next to pra- to build that awakening muscle and then that starts to become organic and automatic yeah yeah we do need the reminders and the people in our life that mirror this and reflect this yeah. Wherever we are, lower, mid, high, and we bounce, you know, I know I do. I dip down and come up, you know. It's, sure, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I had a great, uh, a few weeks ago, a great lunch with a friend of mine, and I was talking about some of the stuff that was going on and a little bit of in, in fear because mm. one of my neighbors had um, – well, three or four doors down, their house had gotten broken into. It was homeless. Oh, homeless oh. people come. Oh, and I had that flat. And what was interesting is because I had done a, um, a camouflage, a protection ritual, mm. where you 
cloaking around my place. Mm-hmm. And I was going wow. on and on with my friend, and then she's listening, and she acknowledged, you know, she let me kvetch and be in the, oh, I don't know, what's going to happen, you know. And mm-hmm. then she looked, she goes, well, Michelle, what stories are you telling yourself? And, and I said, mm-hmm. oh, you're right. I said, you're right. I go, some good ones, obviously. But mm. she listened. I mean, she was very present. And, she, and then she said, have you thought of cloaking? I just, she just, because she lives in the same area, she did a cloak. And I said, oh, my God, I just did one. And she mm. goes, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, yeah. But it was to be that present and then yeah. Yeah. with her little kind of fairy laughter humor going, mm. who is this? Michelle, what are you saying? Telling yourself. What story? Well, you know, I was all in these stories of what could happen and what happened down the road and what happened in Beverly right. Hills and what happened in, over here and over there in New York. You know, I was all in what's happening. Yeah. Bringing it into my little corner of the world. And she, she's like, but that's not you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> right. Well, I think there's, some, there's a value in the, so many things in this story. There's a value, I think, in first just letting it rip and just – Telling it as it is, like doing the hurl. And then if we get stuck and we're not able to find the pearl, we're not able to then transcend it. Because that's a big, it's a big gap between that hurl place and the pearl. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Sometimes we need a nudge from a friend that loves us and that, that knows, that can just give us that little reflection like, hey, you know, what else, what other story might you tell? Like, ooh, that yeah. one, that good for you. That was creative, but what else? And, you know, it's like, oh, thank you, as opposed to getting madder, because you could have said, you know what, don't be so airy-fairy. I need to get real. Uh, you could have, like, d- done that thing where, you're, where you're, you're defending your limitations, fighting for your limitations. But it's, it's wonderful to have somebody that gives you that loving little nudge up the ladder. Yes. And then you took it to the next place. I mean, there's someone in my life recently that said to me, point blank, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any of that, oh, yeah, oh. I can wake up. And I was like, okay, honey, all right. You know, if you yeah. ever get to the place where you want it, come find me then. But, you know, we, and we need to take the time that we need to take. Some of us yes. need to spend years, months, weeks, like years, decades, in, until we're done wearing those poopy diapers. And when we're, we're yeah. like, okay. These are really smelly and gross. I am like, there's got to be something else. But some of us are really here to be the anthropologists. We're, like Margaret Mead said, we should be the anthropologists of our own lives. And that means not just exploring the light, but also having some understanding of the dark. So I want to not be prejudiced about people that aren't so quick to want to be in the awakening. What if that's also part of their anthropological journey? God knows I might have spent lifetimes before this one being oh so interested in the dark. In this lifetime, I was like, been there, done that. Give me Michelle. I need some awakening. I want to get to the light. Let's Maybe I'm interested in that this time. What What's around that door? Let, let's go through door number two, you know. Yeah, but we have to dip it. I agree. The dark, you have to, the unknown, the uncertain, the uncomfortable, the tragic, because yes. that is part of this earth plane. Yes. And year, years ago, a therapist I worked with, she uh, and she knew what I did, and she, you know, you know, she was very complimentary of what I did, and then or mm. do. Mm-hmm. And I was t- relaying something, and I was kind of perplexed, stunned, and she goes, Michelle, it's very possible to be very conscious in a lot of areas of your life, 
but in some areas, not very conscious at all. Mm, <laughs> like, right. Like, yes. I was like, you know, yes, we, we can, we're not going to be 100% awake, aware, or conscious in all parts. Some parts are like, oh, la- oh, well, and it may always lag. That may be the little, you know, the, the crack, you know, the little, the little stain, yes. the little blurry part. And, and how can we love that part? That's my. Which reminds mm, me of your, you know, yeah. the tragic into the magic is that kind of breaks us earthy. That's the human part. That's the, the, the grace and the grit. We've got both. Uh, in fact, we could even say that, that, that the part, like everybody who's listening is, has a part of themselves. It's like Carolyn Mace used to say, it's like the wound that just does not heal. Consider that yeah. maybe that's the sacred wound. And I, and I can see that in myself. It's like the, the, the places where I've... It's what propels me into taking all the classes I've taken and to getting all the certifications I've gotten and to doing all the work that I've done is basically because of that deep, deep wound or that deep, deep blind spot that maybe is there by design because that's the part that keeps us humble, it keeps us hungry, it keeps us striving, it keeps us from becoming complacent, it keeps us with beginner's mind. We can never get so... We can never get so high and mighty on ourselves, (laughs) like, oh, look at me, I'm done, check me out, because we know the moment we do that, it's like kaplam. It's like there's always that little part, and that we can fall in love with it. My best friend Joey Sutton is writing a book called Fall in Love with Your Shadows, not just tolerate Mm -hmm. them, not just uh, make a little space for them, eh, not give them a nod every once in a while, and not just embrace them, but love them dearly, deeply ferociously because they're the ones that are propelling our greatest growth. Like Barbara Marks Hubbard said, they are the instigators of our great soul growth. Those very things that are what we're most embarrassed or ashamed of, they are the unsung heroes of of our lives. And that's, I mean, I filled this book with every one of my unsung heroes. (laughs) I wrote about Mm. every single thing that I was like, oh God, that would just make me blush, sweat, squirm, like everything I didn't want anybody to know about me. Little by little over the last five years, I've written each of those stories down and and ultimately found the gold in them. By the end of each story, there's a little speck of gold. So if people start reading it and they're like, oh my God, this is dark, just know that there's a hurl followed by a pearl. There's a pearl in every story to help people also see themselves and it was also my personal journey so that I stopped having the imposter syndrome so that I could feel like I could talk to you Michelle and feel like I didn't have to end this interview thinking but if she only knew if she knew the real me she never would have had me on I right now I feel like (sighs) I feel like you're having the whole Kelly on your show I'm all here Mm. and I feel like I can be way more present than I would have been otherwise and I feel even more in love with you and your listeners Mm -hmm. and it's 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 amazing what falling in love with our shadows and and treating our crises like they're precious and sacred it's amazing what that can do so I highly recommend it it yeah and that part of us is it is beautiful it is worth loving because it is us and I agree with the the driving force because it, we don't get to the true gems the intuition the inner knowing the gifts unless we go into the wounding they're inter they're intermixed they're, yeah. they're not 
they're not separate. And the more we go into one, you know, the other is is, is highlighted. You know, it's um, mm, my favorite Joseph right? Campbell. Yeah, my favorite Joseph mm. Campbell quote is, "The cave you fear to enter holds the treasures you seek." So that's mm. Mm, exactly in yeah. that place that is like, okay, can we just not deal with that thing? Can we just you know, can we just get a lobotomy, please? And just get rid of that. It's like, <laughs> I believe me, I've had that. Can I just get a little nip tuck on that part of my psyche? Just a little top top. <laughs> can we be done, please? But that's the very place where where we find the gold. It's like that crack is where the light shines through, and yeah. you know, so we need to make some room for that. And the magic is there, as you as you say. Yeah. It's the um, the. the Right or comedy and tragedy, it is it is within that spectrum that the the magic yeah. happens. It's through our vulnerability. Yeah. Oh, Kelly, I've enjoyed this connection with you and, and dialogue. It's very inspiring, and I love what you're bringing because I do feel that this next mm. level of awakening is is actually awakening to our flaws and being okay with yeah. it and loving it and going, okay, that's just a part. That's that's that part. Yes. That's whatever. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. It feels radical. It feels completely, Mm -hmm. it's the exact opposite of what the ego would have us do. And it's okay. I mean, my ego, at at my book signing, I'll just say this and let you go because I know we both have to fly. But at my book signing at Barnes & Noble at the Grove in Los Angeles a couple days ago, I had people in my life there, my family, my dad, my mom, my stepdaughter, they were all there. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be reading stories from this book and are they going to walk out? Are they ever going to talk to me again? Oh God. Oh my God. And I literally am in this state. I'm kind of like a wobbly, like um, a jellyfish right now because it's like they have, the love is even more intense. My stepdaughter has been just showering me with praise. I'm like, oh, my God, she hasn't disowned me. My dad mm. told me yesterday how proud he was of me. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh, mm. my God. And he said he's loving my book. What? Mm. These people that I, that I thought in the back of my mind, and they might have, but I was willing to put it out there anyway. But it's an amazing thing that it, it does feel like it's the next level. And we don't have to write a book about all our stuff. We can at least own it ourselves and share it with one other person. And so we don't have to be imprisoned by what we think is so horrible because it might just be what we think is the worst about us might turn out to be what's best about us in disguise. Ooh, on that golden nugget, I'm going to leave that. That's like mic drop, Kelly, (laughs) mic drop with that. I love you, Michelle. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, yeah. thank you so much. This has oh. been great. Oh, Anytime, you. come back, and um, okay. and maybe I'll see you soon. All right, at Cafe Mimosa. All right, sweet. Yeah, dream. Give me there. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Ooh, supercharged, supercharged. Thank you in the chat. You're very welcome. All right, that was. Oh my gosh, amazing. Um, Kelly Sullivan Walden and boy, we were touching on a lot of different stuff. Love the conversation. Um, But her newest book is "A Crisis Is a Terrible Thing to Waste," and um, I agree. I agree. Crises coming from Latin or Greek, Greek choice, the crossroads. 
So every crisis, we have a cross, we're at a crossroads. There's a choice, and which means if we allow it and go with it, there's an up-leveling of our vibrational frequency, resonance, and the possibility to move into more heart coherence. So there's always an up-leveling within a crisis, a crisis or choice point. I love you guys so much. Love you, love you all so much. And I just, I love our time together. And I'd love to spend more time with all of you. Let me go through it. Um, maybe I'm going to put the links in the description box. But Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube, Awakenings with Michelle Mache podcast on YouTube. Love if you'd subscribe. Instagram, come connect with me there, follow me there, um, say hi, let me know if you come from YouTube or this Awakenings podcast, let me see your beautiful face, I, I can feel so much energy from each and every one of you, I'd love to see your face and um, connect the energy to a face and always if you want to do a deeper dive into metaphysics and spiritualism, the occult you can connect with me on patreon we have a great community there and this saturday january 21st dimensional soul source healing um tone light frequency healing with sound um and i will put the link there or you can go to soulplayground.life courses and classes click on that um picture courses and classes and it'll it'll take you there um i think also it's in my instagram stories all right radiant soul lights i love you so much and i really thank you for co-creating this time with me and being a part of this community and for all that you do individually and collectively with those that you some of you work with and help support yourself just know that you do make a difference and as always 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 shine your light extra bright share your insight and keep awake Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you awake?